Hey everybody, this is Mike Flanagan, and on this episode of the Inside Bowling Show, we sit down and talk things over with the PBA sideline reporter and 1999 Miss USA pageant winner, Kimberly Pressler. We get into a lot of different topics with Kimberly today, and we can't thank her enough for sharing her story. This show, if you found it by now, is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube, and you should head over to those accounts by searching Inside Bowling to watch the program and check our schedule for future episodes. If you're enjoying our show, do us a favor and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Matt and I would both really appreciate it. If you really like what we're doing here and would like to support the show, head over to InsideBowling.com and check out our merch. You can save 15% with coupon code IBSHOW at checkout. Elements from today's show were intended for both video and audio. We apologize if at some point in the show you can't quite follow along. This is just always a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. So here it is, our episode and sit-down conversation with Kimberly Pressler. It's this Wednesday here, I believe, anyway, Matt. Welcome back to the Inside Bowling Show. I'm Mike. Matt's with me again today. I'm glad you decided to return to the show today, Matt, because I uh, couldn't do it without you, man. We were just talking about our show prep for this thing, man. We've got a lot going into our show prep now. Yeah, we are spending a, quite a bit of time here prep for our show, making sure we got our guests all lined up, making sure that they're all ready to go. Uh, there are some intricacies that come with using this platform that we're using here, so we got to make sure we got everything all worked out. We got, uh, we got everybody set up. We've got all of our material prepared, and um, we're ready for all six viewers. Yeah, and today, you know, we've got uh, probably the most beautiful person we've had on the show yet. I know that, you know, Stu Williams uh, probably had that crown leading into today, but today we've got the most beautiful person, I believe. And, and I just wanted to show everybody that's watching at home that uh, not only do I have makeup on today for, for this so that I can raise closer to your level, obviously Tom Clark said you're more beautiful than I am, but we're having another beautiful guest on today. So I pulled out my, my glamour shot glasses and I want you to, to, to describe to the folks at home, uh, Matt, what, what, what this does for my look. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think, wow, man, just look at, you've got the nice blue shade going. Uh, you got your eyes are really popping. Eyebrows are on fleek. It looks like, um, yeah, man. Oh yeah. The smile really makes it all work. The smile really brings it all together. And uh, honestly, if I saw you walking down the street, Mike, uh, um, I'd probably run the other way. But but other than that, Mike, you're looking great, and uh, I think you should keep those. Can you even see through those things? Oh, I can see just fine, uh, Matt. Bring yourself up on the screen and and put some fingers up, and I'll tell you how many you're you're, you're waving up. So, all right. 
Uh, one here at the optometrist two that's two nice nice yeah, yeah i can see with no problem so How many is this? uh you're tricking me it's like two and a half maybe three <laughs> um, but anyway uh <laughs> we got i've been trying to find a, a reason to pull these glasses out and uh i just want to put everybody in a good mood today um matt we got a poll question from yesterday a bowler x poll question uh let's go ahead and take a look at the results if we could we'll get that out of the way uh, so our Bowler X poll question yesterday was uh, who will be the number one uh, pick in this year's PBA League draft? Uh, looks like Sean Rash wins it at 42.6%. Second was Other at 26.5%. And I thought about it afterwards, Matt. You put me on the spot yesterday, and I wasn't thinking with a full deck or something. But Dick <laughs> Allen Dick Allen would have been the, the guy, right? Mm, yeah, that's, that's another good possible uh, pick. He certainly bowls well in that place. And... Uh, He's just obviously one of the one of the top bowlers out on the tour, so definitely uh, could have included him in this poll for sure. Francois Lavoie coming in third at nineteen point one percent, and Ryan Simonelli, my number one draft pick, comes in eleven point eight percent. So uh, I can't help but feel like your five lefty strategy decreased all those lefties draft stock going into the PBA league draft. I yeah, yeah, I, I hope not as well, but I don't think that you have that kind of pull. You're a smart guy. You got, you know, you got some connections in the industry, but I don't think you got that kind of a pull to. Uh, to you're not, you're not wash here. You're not out here dropping wash bombs where you're just like five lefty strategy wins it all. No, you're, you're just, you're, you're still a little fish here. Yeah. So, uh, what do we have for uh, my options for today's Bowler X poll question, Matt? Um. So I think uh, for today we're going to, um, yeah, we're we're going to give you two different options here mike uh the first one is you know relating to our guest today this is this is our, our first option for the day is if we had a mr bowling universe pageant who would win uh this contest and the four options are jason belmonte chris vi kyle sherman and marshall kent that's, so those a, are, that's gonna be tough to beat uh yeah what else you got for me um and i've got a couple in my head here i'm just trying to trying to roll through and give you one of these options um hmm. you know we can just go with that one i like yeah. it that much i like it that much all right we're not hold on though. let me just uh type this up then so we're gonna have these four options here yep we'll put that out on twitter everybody can vote for 24 hours bowler x poll question who would win in a bowling Mr. Universe pageant contest? Yep. I don't even know if you'd call it a pageant for men. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not, well, it's a good thing we've got the expert guest on today where we can we can refer to her as far as what we would title it, what it actually would be called. I don't even think who I would vote for. You said it was Belmo, Chris Vye, Marshall Kent, and who was the other one? Uh, Kyle Sherman. Oh, yeah. How can I forget? <laughs> you know Kyle's ranking himself first. You know Kyle's picking himself to win. He ain't scared. No, he picked himself number one in the house the other night over Prather on his on his Brad and Kyle live stream. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think I, man, that's a tough one. You know, Belmo, I think is a little too old to win this one. Um, man, I think I think I'd have to go Chris Vi. I think I would go Chris Vi. Yeah, uh, I may be a little bit biased here as well because Chris is one of my really good buddies, but. Um... But oh, Brian Foss, that would have been a fun. Uh, that would have been a, a fun. Option. I, I, I thought of that. Maybe we'll do that on another day where we'll have like a like a little like uh, the heart jobs oh. of the PBA fifty tour. Oh, and, okay. Uh, Amleto Monticelli. Norm. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> 
so squad. Ron Moore. We could put Ron Moore in there. I think oh, yeah. he's, he's super hard. Yeah. Mm. Man, mm. this is good. This is going to be a great poll question. Yeah, so. this, this is going to be good. So go ahead on over. Find us on Twitter at Inside Bowling. Feel free to take part in our poll. Spread the word. Um, and I think I think maybe we should stick with these goofy questions here, Mike. People uh, people like the bowling stuff, but we're not here to talk bowling, Mike. We're here to talk pretty much everything else. Oh, Mark Sullivan. That's a good one. Mark Sullivan's a good Sullivan. Yeah, that's a good – yeah, Brian Boss for sure. This is all great. Well, hey, we're glad you're with us on the program here today. You know, we this is episode – what are we on now? Uh, I got to look at the calendar. This is 18. 18. We've done 18 of these. So we're going to do 40, so we got 22 left, and then we'll evaluate what we want to do here. Um, breaking news, we're going to have uh, Mike Fagan and Robbie Spigner on next Thursday. A couple of guys that uh, are really going to be able to open up and let us know what's going on as they run bowling centers and are involved in an investment group with bowling centers up in Minnesota. Uh, so I just got confirmation they're going to be on next Thursday. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, I noticed that the downloads are starting to really pick up over on, on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. People are downloading the shows. And shame on me able to archive all of them yet, but I did get through episode 10 last night. And uh, if you do get a chance, give us a review over there where you find your podcast. It really does help us out a lot. So I, I guess, you know, we this this guest we have here today, you know, has been pretty easy for us to interview our guests talking a bunch of bowling, a bunch of nerdy stuff. But our guest today made us really have to do a, a, an extreme amount of show prep uh, today because we're just not versed in the pageant industry and in the extreme sports industry. And, and you're from the East Coast. I'm from the Midwest, even though I live in Utah now. And, you know, she's a California girl now. But uh, I think people are really going to enjoy today's uh, guest because she's she makes a lot of shows on the PBA tour. Um, I believe over the last couple of years, she she may she may have more shows than Tom Clark. And that's that's saying a lot because Tom Clark makes every show in the front row. Uh, but I'd rather look at her than Tom Clark, although Tom is a beautiful man. I, I <laughs> this show's off the rails already. Oh, he's going to us that glamour shot of himself in that oh, in that uh, yellow dot shirt that we sent him. And he had to take that picture like five or six times, I'm sure, to get it the right lighting. And we sold several yellow dot shirts on InsideBowling.com. And just a reminder, in case I forget the plug, you can say 15% <laughs> over there with IB Show is the coupon code for 15%. So this young lady uh, has made a lot of shows. We see her on, on Fox Sports. We've seen her on ESPN in the past. Um, so let's bring in our guest uh, from California, Miss Kimberly Pressler, to the program today. Hello, Kimberly. It's nice to have you here. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing good. Um, you listened to our banter on the open, and I saw you laughing as you're backstage. I was. It was actually really funny. Um, I'm going to have to give my two cents. I actually have a question about the poll you guys are going to do today because you got to take into consideration what they're going to be um, judged on. So mm. I had definitely, definitely no swimsuit competition for this. For this. That, come on now. You I have mean, to have that. Like, I don't mean like, you know, they don't have to be like little Speedos. But imagine they're going to have to put on some board shorts and show a little abs here. It's only right. It's only fair. I agree with you. hundred yeah. percent. I'm not afraid. <laughs> yeah, you're not afraid because you're not in the contest. <laughs> they also have to figure out whether it's going to be, um, are they going to do interview? Because that makes a huge difference. There's also a talent portion, right? Like, oh, maybe we could have put Packy the juggler in there because Packy likes to juggle. That could have been his talent. 
Well, so uh, the difference between Miss America and Miss USA, which is what I won, is Miss America has like the singing, dancing, playing the violin talent. So if you want to preface it off of that, then yes, they could uh, do a talent, maybe play the, those cups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, a, I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. Speaking of this pageantry that we're discussing, have you ever seen the show Insatiable? No, I have not. It's uh, it's absolutely hilarious. It's it's all based around pageantry, but it's got like really dirty jokes. It's hilarious. It's really funny. Um, so if you if you'd seen it, I was going to ask you if there's any truths uh, that come out of that show besides the murdering, which I hope doesn't isn't true in real life. But uh, it's a funny show. You should check it. I think it's on Netflix. You check out Insatiable. It's hilarious. Okay, perfect. I will. Um, there's a lot of I I don't know the rumors that I heard about pageants before I actually went into it. Um, I mean, some of it is a little true because, you know, there's a lot of head games that go along with it because some people, you know, you're going in there and you, you were spending two and a half weeks with these girls that you're competing against. So you see them at practice during rehearsals. You see them during interviews with uh, the media. And you also see them when we go out every single night because we do charity um, throughout the entire two and a half weeks that we are there. So we see them a lot. And some of these girls are beyond prepared. They've been doing this their entire life. Um, I was not one of those, so it's a little bit scary. But um, the ones that have been trained to do this for a really long time, <laughs> they literally go into it so confident. And um, that can be a little intimidating. Uh, thank goodness I didn't have an issue with any of that, but some of the other girls did. I did not. So. Yeah, and for folks that don't know, you you won the 1999 Miss USA um, yeah. pageant. Um, I believe Matt, you know, this is probably a good time since we're talking about this right out of the gate. Uh, Matt has a clip of of that moment that we can show. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, oh, my winning moment! Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. That's my family right there up in the stand. That's awesome. Do you still remember this moment just like it was yesterday? Oh, yes, I do. Very much so. So in the pageant, you want to be called as soon as possible because leading up to the top two or the top three before they announce the winner, um, you want to be one of the first people called. And then the very last thing when you're standing up there, when I was with Miss Tennessee, you don't want your name called. So the whole entire time you're like on edge, call my name, call my name, call my name. And then at that very last moment, they're like, please don't call my name. Because if they don't call your name, then you're the winner. And I had to, I had to let it set in. So there's a delay. He says, Miss Tennessee. And I went, Tennessee is first runner up. And then I was like, oh, I am the winner. So yeah, that's it. When you go back and you watch it again, you'll see there's a delay. And it's because I had to think about what that made me, whether it was first runner up or the winner, but oh, I love seeing that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the journey to get there. Like what inspired you to get involved in that? You know, like a lot of us bowling dorks and nerds that we are, you know, we always wanted to win on the PBA tour. Right. And what goes into that? We all know what goes into that, but I'm curious what goes into winning a, 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 an event like that. So 
I come from a tiny little town. It's called Franklinville, New York, and it's in upstate uh, near Buffalo. It's an hour south of Buffalo. Um, I actually still have a home back there, so I go back as often as I can. So I have 1,500 people in my hometown. It's tiny. We have one stoplight. I remember watching in 1994, I was watching the Miss New York, I was watching Miss Teen USA on television and Miss New York Teen USA, her name was Sarah Ray Gore and she was this beautiful brunette. And I remember seeing her on stage and saying to myself, I'm gonna do that next year. That's gonna be me up on the stage. And my mom and my stepdad uh, were sitting on the couch behind me and they're like, okay, honey, you dream big. And so, uh, I made it a mission that that's what I was going to do. I went and I went door to door and I asked for donations and I got a dollar, five dollars because it costs like $650 or something like that to actually enter into the pageant. Uh, I had to be invited to it. So I sent in my packet. They called me. They said, yes, you're in. And then we went and bought this dress. Um, and my, my mom put all this like like bedazzled it for me and I went to the Catskills and I remember I really wanted a video and pictures and my stepdad was like honey those things are really it was like a hundred dollars in 1994 that was a lot of money um he's like that's you know that's that's a lot of money I don't know if we're gonna do that you gotta just be prepared to not win this okay and I was like okay I go I make top 10 everybody's floored we're like I can't believe I made top 10. And then I went and I won it. I won Miss New York Teen USA. And all I can remember is screaming on stage going, I'm going to be on television. And I'm jumping up and down. And I see my stepdad like veer right in the crowd. And he immediately walks over to the video and the uh, photo agency and purchased the whole package because I had won. So now we needed all that stuff. But that was how it all started. I didn't grow up doing pageants, so I was, I was a baby. I was a newcomer. I was green when I went to Miss uh, Miss USA because a lot of the ladies there, I don't know, they they trained for this for a really long time. So uh, I, again, I wasn't expected to win Miss USA either. So, well, that's awesome. And then uh, you, you went, you win that. Uh, mm -hmm. What takes place, you know, once you once you win that? What are the commitments like? What did you have to do? So at the time, I worked for um, uh, the Department of Energy at a nuclear power plant about 35 minutes from my house. Um, and I didn't get to go back home. I had taken leave. I won Miss New York in November. Six weeks later, I went to um, Miss USA, was there for two and a half weeks, and I hadn't been home since. Uh, when, you win Miss New when you win Miss USA, you literally give up your previous life. So I had to quit working for the Department of Energy and I went on a one week uh, media tour, which was terrifying, absolutely terrifying because again, I come from a town of 1500 people. I had no media training. And after, after I won, I went out and it was just a sea of press and they asked me questions and I'm pretty sure I made a fool of myself. I don't remember any of it. Um, there was a coronation and then I went from, sh I went to state to state and we did all these different shows and um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a whirlwind. And then, uh, so Donald Trump, our president, uh, he had just bought the pageant. So my, the year I won was his, the first full year that he uh, had taken it over and had run the pageant. So after that one week, I ended up in New York city and 
I had, I had gone out to dinner my first night in the city. I'd gone out to dinner um, with him and his then girlfriend, Melania. And I had never been so nervous in my entire life. I thought to myself, what am I doing here? It was this lavish restaurant. It was called The Circus. And um, it was high-end dining at its finest. And I'd never been to a place like that. And I was like, what am I supposed to wear? Because all the stuff that I, I brought for um, Miss USA, I had borrowed. I had borrowed from my friends and from past um, girls who have competed in the pageant. So all of that clothes, I had to give back. I was like, I don't even know what to wear. So it was kind of crazy. How much, how, how much do you remember from that, that dinner? Do you remember what you ordered? How much it cost? What did Trump have? Any of those sorts of things? Any details? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember what I had for dinner. Um, I do remember that there were, there were a few things that I remember. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Trump had asked me if I was nervous because I, I was, I, I was so out of my element. Um, and he essentially just said, you need to not be nervous. This is who you are. You won for a reason. You're supposed to be here. And I remember being like, okay, then. I got this. If Donald Trump says that I'm supposed to be here, then I'm supposed to be here. Um, and it kind of changed my perspective on everything that uh, this is the place that I was supposed to be. And I earned it. I worked my butt off to get there. And I was going to take advantage of everything that was offered to me after that. I remember sitting next to Melania and looking at her and thinking to myself, my God, this woman is beautiful because she is stunning in person. And then um, she speaks several different languages. And I also remember her speaking to someone in two different languages as we were sitting at the table. The other thing I remembered is I was very nervous about meeting him because of the stuff that I remember reading in the papers at the time, that he was a womanizer or you know he was a tough boss. He just was not like that when I was at dinner at all. In fact, the entire year that I worked for him, I did not see that side of him at all. And I went to, I went to a ton of stuff um, I've had uh, meetings in his office with the staff and all of that kind of stuff. And I just never, I never saw that side of him. Um, when we went in front of the media, you could tell that he was different. And it's because he was putting on, a, he was putting on a show and he was, I mean, this is the person that you see behind the scenes. And then you see a complete other person in front of the camera. Um, and I can relate to that a little bit because I know that um, when I go on camera, it's not the same person as I am you know, at home in my own setting. And I think I can't, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I think that when they're forced to be in front of people that they kind of want to put their guard up and they are, they're a little bit different. I don't know why he went the route that he did or, you know, the whole womanizing thing or how all of that came about. But I can tell you that I didn't have an issue with any of that while um, I was Miss USA. So I had no idea we were going to go here. Sorry. I, I had no Sorry. idea. This I just left, didn't I? This is great. Uh, this is a real bird's eye current view. Uh, yeah, this this uh, we haven't got political on the show, and we still haven't yet. No, I don't want to be political. I was just, we're not going to. But yeah, that's, that's that's cool to know that that backstory there. That's really cool. So so you you do all of that, and then let's face it, right? I was thinking about this before the show. Imagine if social media would be you know what it, what it, what it is today if it would have been in in 1999, right? Your your DMs would have blown up because you would have been, you know, as soon as somebody wins a pageant, you become on everybody's radar screen, whether yeah. it's just somebody from your small hometown 
or maybe a, a famous person or whatever. Did you meet any famous people uh, during that time that you were shell-shocked getting to meet or opportunities to date people or anything like that? So while I was Miss USA, um, I got to... Another difference between the Miss America system and the Miss USA system is Miss America is a... Um, it is a pageant, but it is a scholarship program. So after you win, you win that title, but it's a scholarship program and you go out on your own and you try and book things on your own. As Miss USA, it's a one year full time job. You move to uh, an apartment that they furnish and you get a salary. So you make appearances throughout the entire year. Um, I flew like. I don't know, over 300, I was gone over 300 days throughout the entire year. I was constantly on the go and I made all these different appearances. Um, and I worked with, I was an official spokesperson for breast and ovarian cancer. And I was also doing, um, I was a spokesperson for uh, Special Olympics, which is something I brought on on my own because I did a lot of work with them before I won Miss USA. Um, so I got to meet a ton of different people and celebrities throughout that time. Uh, I met Billy Crystal and I don't, and I, was, I remember, I remember as I was growing up, you know, watching him in movies and seeing him and thinking he was funny. But I remember meeting him and being like, holy crap, that's Billy Crystal. Uh, another one that I met, and this is <laughs> probably no one is excited about it as I am, but I got to meet Paula Abdul. And I was totally like, I used to sing your songs in front of the mirror when I was little. And she just was, she's like this tall. I like towered over her. Um, so I was in a fashion show in New York um, and she was just standing right there and I about fell over. Um, uh, I got to meet the Baldwins because uh, I did the Carolyn Baldwin Breast Cancer Foundation. I did a lot of work with that. So like Alec Baldwin, Stephen Baldwin, Billy Baldwin, I did a lot of stuff um, with them throughout the year. And then, um, God, yeah, there's just, there's just a lot, but it was amazing and there was a lot of fun stuff. Although, I don't think that's the question that you were intending to ask there, Mike. I was not. I mean, I'm letting you take this wherever you you, you wanted to take it. Um, Go ahead, ask. Well, I mean, you know, I'm a huge music buff, right? And Me too. And and you had a, a period of time that you dated a couple of famous music people, and and. You know, and I didn't want to put you on the spot, but you know, I was just curious. You know, I like Limp Biscuit and Tommy Lee and stuff like that, so I was just curious. Um, I uh, yeah, I did. I I uh, I I don't know. Uh, Fred and I weren't all that serious. Uh, Tommy and I uh were more serious, and I adore Tommy, and uh, I haven't spoken to him in years, but uh, we we left on really good terms and I've seen him a ton of times after that. Um, and every time, every single time I see him, um, he picks me up and gives me a big hug and a kiss. And we have a really, uh, we had a really great uh, relationship and friendship, which is amazing. Um, and I absolutely adore him. Uh, but I have, uh, I have been with my fiance now for 18 years. So that was a really, 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 really long time ago. Yeah, and I want to talk about. I, I told you beforehand. I want to talk about your fiance of eighteen years. I've been in a ten-year relationship, and I'm not married either. So, I was actually talking to Kim up in the kitchen about this ahead of time. Her name's Kimberly, also, which is interesting in itself. Sure. But, um, but your 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 uh, Dane is his name. 
I was I've done some research on him prior to this uh, interview because I, you and I've talked at PBA events, and I got a man crush on your man Dane uh, of eighteen years. And guys, she's completely off the market, and you got no chance with uh, with with Dane around. Tell everybody a little bit about like how you met him. It was through BMX motocross or something like that. I don't remember what it was. And then, but he has an ex- excavating company where he builds these tracks for like indoor arenas and outdoor places. Tell us about that. So I met Dane. Um, I was uh, I was hosting a show called Adrenaline X on NBC, and it was about extreme sports. We were in Mesquite, Nevada. And uh, he was building the course. He designed and built the motocross course uh, for that event. And that's where I met him. And a week later, he emailed me after the event. He emailed, not text, emailed. And uh, he said, I'd like to take you out. And two months later, we went out for the first time. And then that was it. So So did he like walk up to you and say, hey, what's your email? No. So <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Um, we were at this event and oh, I can't believe it. I'm going to totally tell this story and I feel a little bad for this. There this he is. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a bad man. Look at this guy. So Dane used to, Dane used to ride uh, dirt bikes. He used to compete in um, BMX and in, um, in dirt bikes and his, and he did construction growing up. So he knows what it takes to build the courses as well as not just build them, but knows, you know, to build a lip and uh, the, the, the angle that it needs to go so that you get a little bit of a, a, a more of an angle to go further. And so all the guys that he grew up riding with knows that since he knows how to ride and he also knows how to build it made for the perfect um, combination to, you know, make jumps. And then it just kind of went from there. He started doing um, bigger courses and then X Games called him and said, you know, I really want you to, you know, I really want you to do this. Um, So crazy, right? So um, he, that's how he got started in that. Um, But for us, I was at this event and I was hosting it, like I said, and I had... (laughs) I had gone out with the crew the night before in Vegas. So I was, shall we say, not feeling my best. So I went and I went and got a massage that day. So I am wearing sweatpants. They're they're men's sweatpants and I have them rolled down and I have a tank top on and I have my hair completely back. I just gotten out of a massage. So I'm all oily. My hair is all oily and I come out and I'm we're in the casino and we're in Mesquite, Nevada. So there's like one, one casino there. And I go to one of the crew guys and I said, Hey, uh, you guys, you guys want to go get something to eat? And they said, Oh, we all, we all ate. And they're like, but Dane, um, the course designer, um, he's coming back and they're about him and his crew are going to go eat. And I was like, who's, who's Dane. And then this man walks up to me with these like gorgeous eyes and he's like, I'm Dane. What's up? Who needs something? And I was like, Oh my God not a stitch of makeup. And I was, my hair was freaking greasy from massage and I am completely inappropriate, just not supposed to be dressed this way. And and he's like, Oh, you want, you want to go with us to dinner? He's like, we're going right now. And I was like, um, okay. So, um, his friends, two of his friends that he worked with, he's like, Oh, we're, yeah, we're going to go to the steakhouse right here. They picked the nicest steakhouse in the entire casino. I walk in, I am mortified. (laughs) I look like a bum. 
<laughs> like I said, my hair is completely oily. And we go and we sit down and they order this really nice bottle of red wine. And I like, this is just mortifying. The story gets better. We're done with dinner and these two girls. So Dane is here and his friend Jeff is right here and I'm sitting in the middle. Um, these two girls walk up and they're like, oh, hey, you guys gonna go party or whatever. And uh, they weren't inviting me, they were inviting them. And the two guys get up to leave and they start walking out. And I put my hand on the table to leave the table. And one of the girls puts her hand on top of my hand and leans over and says, um, just so you know, I'm with Dane. And I just was like, uh, okay. And then a week later, she wasn't. Yeah. And, and I had a kid and two houses and a business together. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really <laughs> cool. And you told us you told us in show prep too that that you got a thing for for tattoos and 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 bad boys. Mm -hmm. and, and he he fits that he fits that mold. So I mean, I, I it's not like I you know, it's a requirement for someone to have tattoos to catch my eye because I've, you know, I've dated people in the past that don't have that. Um, I just, I find tattoos very, very, very delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I want to bring, I want to bring Matt back in to get us back, back, back on track here. And I, <laughs> I was thinking of adjectives in my head. I was like, where's Kimberly going to go with this? And delicious was not the one that was, I don't think you're gonna go there, but good for you, girl. You, you're He brought Mac to it, and he's literally as red as his shirt. Uh, oh, yeah. So he, you said that, and on top of that, when Mike gets his belly laugh going, it makes me laugh so hard because I think Mike's laugh is hilarious. So just all that combined together, that was just that was amazing. We're gonna have to clip that and send it to you. You can put that on your YouTube channel, and. Oh. Uh, Speaking of your YouTube channel, you've been doing something that's really fun when you're going out with the PBA tour and you start your own channel. You're trying to get bowlers out of their element and trying to get them to do something, um, you know, that's different than bowling. You know, everybody knows Jason Belmonte and Tommy Jones and Marshall and every, all these guys on the tour is like, yeah, they're great bowlers. But sometimes as a bowler myself, having hung out with these people, you kind of notice that. When you take bowlers out of their element, they kind of like don't know where they stand and they're a little awkward and they don't know really how to socialize and they're just kind of weird. Um, and I want to pull up this video of one of our past guests on the show. Um, you you took DJ Archer to get a dancing lesson um, and you put it up on your channel. So uh, mm -hmm. let me pull this up here for it really quickly. And I want you to just tell us about like the experience, the idea behind uh, doing this channel why you're doing it, um, and how much fun it was to hang out with these guys and do these things. Okay, so I decided that this season, it's my 10th season with the PBA, and even though we go to all these really amazing places, I never get to, I never get to do things. I go from the airport to the venue, to the hotel, venue, hotel, venue, hotel, back to the airport, and I go home. Um, and this season, I decided that I was going to do something different that I've either never, never done before or go a place that I've not gone to. And the whole reason I wanted to do that is just because I, I really love to experience life and try new things and just kind of, you know, taste it all and see how it all goes. Um, I knew from the beginning that I wanted to try and incorporate bowlers. Um, but because I don't know who's going to make a show, whether or not they'll have the time, um, trying to set it up would be tough. 
But the one thing that I knew that I absolutely wanted to do was take a hip hop lesson. And I knew that I wanted to ask DJ to go because, you know, you see him on the show and, you know, he'll start to dance a little bit. And I was like, he would be perfect for this because doing these uh, YouTube videos made me step outside of my element. And I almost didn't do it because I get a little bit nervous about being Kimberly as a being, as opposed to being the Kimberly that people see on TV. And it just, uh, it kind of lets my personality out a little bit. And I thought, what better way to do that than if I incorporated some of the bowlers as well so that everybody can see their personality as well. Because again, you see them on TV and they're in their elements, but they're in their zone and they're there to compete. You don't get to see them being funny or ribbing on each other or just genuinely being who they are off camera. Um, because if we had cameras following them around all the time, it would be a TV reality show at its finest. And so I just kind of wanted to tap that a little bit. And I was in the middle of a live show and I want to say we were in Jonesboro. I actually don't remember, but I saw DJ and I ran over him, ran over to him right before I went to go do an interview. And I said, don't go anywhere. I want to ask you something. And I, he, I just remember him looking at me like, uh, okay. I'll, I'll wait right here. And so I came back and I said, this is what I'm doing. It's going to go up on YouTube. I would love to take a hip hop lesson and for you to come with me. And he didn't even hesitate. He said, absolutely, count me in. And then this is what happened. I called this place and I said, listen, I want to get a hip hop lesson. Neither of us are dancers. Both of us love to dance. Um, can you just put a few, uh, like a few eight counts together for us? And she's like, absolutely. So we get there and um, <laughs> she goes through the eight count and like four of them were full on twerking. I mean, full <laughs> where's that footage? <laughs> and, uh, I, I can't do that. I go, this is going to go up on YouTube. And she's like, yeah, that's okay. I was like, yeah, it's, it's not, not, uh, I can't do that. I can't do that. So yeah, uh, but DJ was so amazing, and he was such a sport about doing this. Oh my god! I think, I think you were killing it, by the way. DJ, he had his moments here. He had his moments, but uh, I think you guys did a great job. I want to show the the full final routine here at the end. You and DJ kill it together. I can't. Um, when I watch this, I watch DJ the entire time. I, I can't help. Uh, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings here, Kimberly, but I watch DJ the whole time too because I just I'm think. Okay really I'm okay with that. I love. I think he did so good. He killed it, but just no regrets. He didn't hold back. He's just. Oh. He, oh, he, he knew he killed it. He gave it the 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 champion. Oh man, that's awesome. I love that. Um, so with me, it was one of the most fun things that I have done while on the road and he was such a good sport about it i don't know anybody else who would have done that so it was it was pretty rad yeah so i just want to show people your youtube channel real quick everybody can go and subscribe you're always putting more videos up do you have any plans i know you're obviously you're planning on doing stuff with guys from the tour um when you're out on the tour uh doing shows and whatnot and now that's kind of come to a screeching halt do you have any plans of putting any new videos up on YouTube, even maybe about your quarantine, about, I know you guys just went on a little vacation um, to Arizona. So do you, plan on, do you plan on putting anything else up on, the, on that channel? I, you know, the thing about YouTube is a lot of people will put stuff up there that's um, very personal. I try to not put too much personal stuff on there. Does that make sense? Because yeah. I, 
like to guard and keep my life a little bit sheltered because um, I don't know. I just, I, I feel more comfortable about that. I don't actually like to put photos of my daughter up at her face. I'll put things from behind every once in a great while. I'll put something up with her, with her face on it. But for the most part, I try not to, um, I want to keep her off the internet as much as I possibly can. Um, and I wouldn't do, you know, at the lake cause I spent 95% of my time in a bathing suit. So I, uh, I, uh, I was, you know, toying with the idea of what I was going to do with that. But um, I did, you know, we did this segment with, uh, you know, we uh, another thing that we do with the show for the PBA shows that we started this year is the pressing, press, pressing questions with Kimberly Pressler, which, by the way, I love doing because you seeing the guys' personalities. I love doing that. I think it just really brings out who they are. And we can showcase that every single show, which I think is you know, it's a nice mix up. It's, it changes the perspective of things. Um, but we did one at Tony Stewart's house and uh, I asked him, I said, Hey, I do this when I get on the road. Um, what do you think about doing a, you know, Kimberly on the road with me? And he's like, absolutely. So uh, his people were coming up with ideas between his schedule and my schedule of when I can, when we can meet up and do something. And I said, you know, you can teach me how to you know, drive one of your cars or um, even even though I know how to change a tire, I've never changed a pit tire. Uh, and he's like, yeah, we'll come up with some ideas and we'll make it work. So right now it's on hold because of the quarantine, but his people reached out and said, we, you know, he's totally excited about doing it. So um, I also thought about reaching out to, you know, some of the guys I know in the motorsports world to try and do stuff with them, but that might be a little bit more terrifying. So <laughs> going and trying some new food, they might have me, you know, try a double backflip or something and I would die. So I'm trying to refrain from doing that. Speaking of terrifying, you yeah. shared with us in the, in, when we were talking beforehand, the most terrifying experience you ever had. And I believe that was when you were on the uh, MTV show, Senseless Acts, right? Is that right? Acts of Video. Yeah. It was the first show that I host um, ever. I, it was so funny because after I crowned the next, uh, my successor, the next Miss USA, I moved to LA within the day. And um, within the month I was in MTV studios and they offered me this job. I would be hosting, but I would also be doing stunts. And they said, the, the, the lady that we had on that you're going to be replacing, she did not want to do any stunts. And that's actually why she quit. And that's why the position opened. So they're like, we need to know that you really want to do this. So we would like you to go jump out of an airplane as my interview. And I said, done. When are we going? So within the week, we went to Paris, California, and I did a tandem jump out of an airplane. And I landed my job. I wow. think Grant from the Ringing 10 actually put something out to tease the show of you jumping out of an airplane today. Uh, oh, yeah. that's oh, no. no, that was actually... That was in Vegas, right? Um, in Vegas when I jumped off the uh, tower with Kyle. Okay. Oh, this so this is the the hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, so I found this just now, just real quick. This hyperbaric chamber. What's the what's the reason? Like, what's the setting behind this? You guys go into this chamber to take all the oxygen out. Yes. So the the the, the premise behind Sensual Sax video is we would take a video, a music video, and we would recreate it but we'd actually do the stunts that were in the video. So I rolled a car before I, you know, had 
bugs dropped on me. Um, I did, uh, I jumped out of a plane. I had bow and arrow shot like an apple off my head. Anything that were in these different music videos, we would actually create. And in this part, I don't remember what video this was for, but we had to go into a hyperbaric chamber. And what it does is you go in and it simulates taking the oxygen out of the tank. And when that happens, you start to, you know, your brain waves just not, they don't do what they're supposed to be doing. This is actually kind of funny. I didn't last very long. Uh, Troy, who's actually a pilot, lasted a lot longer than I did, but we couldn't even do the basic things. Like once our oxygen started to get really low, it was kind of embarrassing, but it was, <laughs> it was a lot, of, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, how did that, how did that opportunity come up with, with MTV? So it came up because while I was Miss USA, I did a lot of work um, on Total Request Live at TRL when I lived in the city. And so I just, I made contacts there. I mean, they must have thought I did a really good job because uh, they kept bringing me back on for TRL. And then after I gave up my title, they were the first to call me. I got several calls, but they were the first been like, listen, we want you. We want you on, on, on one of our shows. And um, yeah, that's that's what ended up happening. And then I did several shows with MTV before I went over to NBC. And and with MTV, were there any shows that you wish you would have got cast on, or were there any type of shows that you wanted to be a part of that you weren't able to? No, not necessarily. I just I wanted to I wanted to do something that I genuinely loved. Uh, we had they had originally set me up to, to take over doing TRL because they were going to go by postal. Um, and then I ended up getting hurt on one of the shows. So I, when I, when I, I got, I got hurt, I had, a, we were in these go-karts, like these really fast go-karts and a rod went through my, um, uh, my ankle and it, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. So I was out for several months, quite a few months. And so I couldn't go on camera during that time. And so they replaced me what they were supposed to be for that time. Um, and then I went to NBC. So it ended up stopping. But um, we did we did other some music stuff. We did some other stuff. One of them was making the band. And what it was is we would take people and they would like the MTV staff would dress them, essentially give them the day in the life of so they know what it was experienced. And the group that they chose to do was Limp Biscuit. And so we took them and dressed them up like the, the guys from Limp Bizkit and we went to the Playboy Mansion and I got to give them a tour of the Playboy Mansion. And uh, I had been there quite a few times prior to this, but it was the first time I was there during the day. And we got to go through, um, gosh, we got to go through everywhere. Like they like have had an aviary there because he had all of these birds and he had monkeys, obviously taken through the grotto. And then a few rooms that I had never been in. Um, <laughs> one of them, I, oh gosh, I wish I had all these videos so I could show you, but we walk into this room and it's a round room. It's actually circular. And then there's a circular bed in the middle of it. And I just remember being, there were, there was carpet, like shag carpet on the floor. And then there's this round bed and the whole thing is mirrors. And then there's mirrors on the, on the ceiling as well. And I just remember being like, what am I supposed to say about this room? I have to find that footage and send it to you. I just remember being like, this is so embarrassing. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah, I have to say, right? So we did some scouring on the internet for, you know, trying to find a picture to put as the thumbnail with you, you know, for our, our, our teaser and everything. And there, there's you've had some modeling over the years. Um, there's been some 
some photos that are a little a little racy, I would say, a little racy gets the guys going a little bit. But you, I have to ask the question. You you just mentioned you had been to the Playboy Mansion several times. Yeah. Were you ever approached about about doing that magazine or or your thoughts on that? So I I I was wow. You really did do your homework. Um, I was asked to do Playboy. Um, it was it was very very random. So normally you get a call from your agents or your manager, like they field calls, and then they say, oh this you know they. That this company wants to do this with you, or this, uh, you know, this magazine wants to do for you. But instead, I get a call, and it was from the booking agent for Playboy, and they said, you know, because I had gone to a lot of their parties, they had all of my information, and they said we would really like you to come test for Playboy. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And uh, she she repeated it and she had a date and time set up and I got all nervous because I was like I, wait I don't how is wait 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 and the way that they test is you literally go to this location and they have several girls test and shoot photos and those photos are for their use they're allowed to use them however they want I would have to sign a contract and I got so freaking nervous because I was like I don't know what they're gonna shoot I don't know what it's gonna look like and I was like do I really want to do this and I was just terrified. So I, I told her I had to call her back and I had to think about it because um, I never thought about doing, I never thought about it, honestly. Yeah. And um, they said, they, they're like, listen, we really want you. We think you'd be perfect. And I said, I need to call you back. And, um, and then I called her back two days later and I told them I couldn't do it because I was too chicken. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine that. I mean, <laughs> I really couldn't, you know, I, I don't have any children and, uh, I always think of what, you know, what if, what if my daughter was approached to, to do some sort of magazine like that and, and how would I feel? And, and for the person that, that decides to do it, I mean, it, it could lead a lot of bre- breaks in your life or your career and lead to a lot of other things. But at the same time, it's, it's scary on, on how people think of you, whether if it's right or wrong. And yeah. I that was a difficult decision for you. So, I, you know, I don't have any issue with um, people doing Playboy, none whatsoever. I think they're, I think they're tasteful. I think they're sexy and I think they're beautiful. Um, part of me thinks that, I, I mean, there's part of me that was like, I really wish I could have done that so I could be like, I was in Playboy. Um, and then the other part of me was, I was like, mm, I kind of want to save something solely for my man. Yes. So only he gets to see is was honestly that was my de- deciding factor. I said I just wanted, you know, I just wanted, you know, someday I'm going to be married, and I want him to know that all of that has never been shared with everybody. I want it just for him, type deal of a thing. Awesome. Um, yeah. But I did do, um, like, I did stuff magazine. I did a photo shoot for them, which um, was, I think, kind of sexy. Um, but it was what was funny about that is they I come and I do the shoot and they have all this stuff picked out and they have an idea of how they want the photo shoot to go. And so they gave me all of these all of these things and a lot of them wore bathing suits and we shot all of these different stuff. And then they had this top. It was a sequence top. And I swear to you, it was about this big. And she put it on and I was like, huh, I was like, this would be really cute as a skirt. So I put it on as a skirt. And then I had this great idea to shoot it with with like covered up on the top with just this skirt. Um, and it ended up being one of the best photo shoots I've ever done. And then I had to call my dad and I was like, dad, so I did this photo shoot and it's going to come out and it's in this magazine and, um, I just need you to be prepared. It's a little bit more sexy. 
Granted, I was covered up, so you don't see stuff. But uh, that was one of the most awkward conversations ever that I had to have with my dad. And then he goes out and he buys the magazine. And the, his friends at work bought the magazine. And I was mortified. I said, Dad, do not open that magazine. And he goes, I had to buy one, honey. I have, I have every magazine that you've ever been in. And I was so... So embarrassed. I was like, whatever, just don't open the magazine. I'm begging you. And we've not had a conversation about it since then. What a cool dad. <laughs> I think that's a cool dad. Yeah, he might turn bright red um, if you ever see my dad out at one of the events and ask him about it. And he'll be like, he'll do his life. He'll go, ho, 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 ho. He's like, oh, I haven't even opened that magazine yet. Can't believe it. We have about 10, 10 minutes left of this show today. And this is just, I've been talking away. I'm so sorry. This has been such a treat, but we have to get to bowling. We have to get to bowling. I love bowling. I don't want to go to bowling, but we have to get to bowling. Yeah, let's talk bowling. So how did you get the gig with the with the PBA? And, and what was it about bowling that made you say, oh, I want to do this? So I um, after I had my daughter... Uh, in 2009, I went back to work and I was uh, on ABC, ESPN and ABC Sports. I was covering the Traxxas, Traxxas Torque Truck Racing Series, which was every single weekend. So she was going on the road with me at two months old and I was doing these live events every weekend. And honestly, I got burnt out. So I had asked to take a leave um, because I just needed time to be a mom. On top of it, I was running Dane's construction business. So, and I still do that now. I run the construction business while I'm on the road, on top of being a mom, on top of being um, Peyton's troop leader, on top of being her team, um, her team mom for cheer. Uh, so I got, I just got worn out. And then I got a call about six, maybe six, seven months later from David Bruner, who's the executive producer on the, all the PBA shows, um, a dear friend of mine. I had worked with him on quite a few different shows prior to that. And he said, listen, um, I'm doing bowling now. And I think that you'd be perfect to be their sideline reporter. And I was, I told him, I said, I don't know anything about bowling. I know zero about bowling. And he's like, that's okay. They know that. Um, but I think you'd be great for this. And I said, okay, we'll try it. And then I went to the World Series of Bowling and that was it. <laughs> That's how it all came about. And it was uh, the same crew that it is right now. It was Rob and Randy and myself. And um, yeah, that's how the trio started. And I haven't, I, haven't, uh, I haven't looked back. It's been really amazing, actually. I love covering bowling. Yeah, the question here is, uh, what was it like to join the PBA broadcast crew during those early World Series shows? Was it kind of intimidating and scary at first? Well, it was definitely uh, scary. It was scary because I didn't know the sport. I didn't know the terminology. Now, you want uh, to talk about taking apart a motor or something that can go wrong within a, um, within a race or talking about dirt tracks or berms or backflips or aerial jumps. I got you. We can have a really great conversation, but when you want to cover something and you don't know the terms of them, it becomes a little scary. So I just, I just had to try and apply what I knew from covering other sports going into bowling. And 
you know, something I touched upon when I talked to Jason Belmonte um, last week is that all the bowlers were really, really amazing about helping me. They went out of their way to be like, okay, so when we stand here, this is what it's called. When we change our hand, it's here. Um, it just, they made me feel like I wasn't an idiot for not knowing everything that was going on. And I just took baby steps along the way. And I just felt like I just needed to study. I needed to be around it and immersed in it as much as I possibly can, which is why I, you know, was going to the practices, which is why I still go to them. I go to the practices. I do the interviews with um, Rob and Randy every single week um, with the players interviews, just so I can really immerse myself in it. Because that's, I think, I felt like that was the best way that I was going to learn. Um, and even though now I've been covering it for 10 seasons going on 11, I still learn new stuff. Someone will say something and I'll be like, I don't even know what that means. And they'll have to explain it to me. Sometimes I get a little giggle, like really Pressler, you don't know what that is. Um, but for the most part, even now, everybody is so helpful. Um, and if I have a question, I'll lean over and because I, I want to evolve. Well, I don't want to ask the same questions all the time. And it, but it's very hard when it, when there's when there's only so much you can ask. Does that make sense? So I've been trying a little bit different to, to get different perspectives and to talk about stuff more about the players and what it is that they have going on so that you get so that the the people watching it get to know them a little bit more. Um, and I love the, the fact that Fox and Coley really have pushed that this season. And that's something that they want to put out there. So I think that's a nice kind of kind of change for what it is that they have me on on roll for. Yeah, I think all of that is uh, that's incredible for I think probably a lot of people don't really know how someone can get into something like the role that you have. It's like, okay, you know, like, is it is it just luck? Do you fall into it? Do you go and apply for that job? You know, that I feel like there are probably certain jobs where you really have to know people and have connections. And it's it's cool. And I'm sure for you, it's interesting to look back as a little girl, you probably never thought that you were going to be in the space that you've been in throughout your entire life. So it's probably pretty cool to see how the, you went from that girl on the couch saying, I'm going to be that. And your parents are like, okay, yeah, sure. Whatever you say. To, right. And now you're, you're consistently on television over and over and over again. You have been throughout your whole career. So it's really cool to see how that's all come to fruition for you. Thank you. Yeah. It's been pretty amazing. I am, I've said this a thousand times, but I am truly blessed that this is what I get to do for a living. Um, and I, I'm, I've covered sports um, and I've covered events that are amazing to watch. And I think people genuinely love to be a part of. Um, and I'm just really lucky that this is what I get to do. And um, I love it. And I hope to do it for a very, very long time. Kimberly, we're lucky to have you on the program. Uh, oh, I'm so excited that you guys called. I'm happy to be on it. I mean, I... I don't know. I didn't know where we were going today, but I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, kind of dissecting you a little bit and getting you to come a little bit out of your shell. You told us before the program that you get a little nervous talking about yourself and I do. You, you'd rather I, interview I, other people. I genuinely do not like talking about myself. It, it gives, I, I get so, I get so, so, so nervous. One, because I'm not, a, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to tell too much and I'm like, Oh, cringeworthy. Bring that back a little bit. Um, but I'm also just because I get, I don't know. I, I just, I just get nervous talking about myself and you know, the irony of that statement does not, uh, does not, uh, <laughs> I, I see the irony in that statement and the fact that I talk to people for a living and I ask them questions and Oh, my 
that's my dog. We have, uh, we're getting the backyard redone right now um, during renovation. It's a complete overhaul. And uh, my electric guy is here. So before I got on with you guys, I set him all up and the dog groomers were here. So he just got brought back into the house. So that was Mike. Well, we're out of time. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, if Thank you guys for having me on. I genuinely appreciate it. It was so great to talk to you guys. And I hope that uh, you guys are all well and healthy and uh, staying safe during all of this quarantine time. And hopefully the quarantine hasn't been too bad for you guys. Uh, not too bad. We're, we're weathering it. Good. Good. Here. And hopefully I'll see you guys on the road. And Matt, um, I've yet to meet you in person, yeah? Yes. No, yeah, we have not. We have not formally met. So. Um... Maybe we'll go out uh, to dinner time at an event. Me, you, Mike. We won't pick the most expensive steakhouse. We might just like go to McDonald's or Starbucks or something. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, perfect. Yeah, I look forward to meeting you, Kimberly, and I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It was fun. And I, um, yeah, I, uh, I look forward to the next time we talk. Awesome. No oily hair, though. We won't allow oily hair. Yeah, no, we, we have dry. Well, it's because Mike has no hair, so he just gets jealous when anything happens with anybody else that has hair. So. Don't take it personally. No, I won't at all. No oily hair, I promise. All right, cool. Kimberly. All right, bye guys. Thank you. Matt, what a show. I know that you were thrilled with this show from like minute 15 when she came in and and then I kept looking at the time. I was like, man, we've we're 20 minutes in 30, 40 minutes, and we haven't talked about bowling yet. Mike is like Mike is Mike is on a high right now. You probably uh probably go if I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that. That was probably one of your favorite shows yet. Um, yeah, I like, I like, you know, I don't know Kimberly that well, but today I feel like, you know, she's such a great person. You know, you see her do a good job on TV, but you don't really get the floor. Right. And her story, man, you and I have to dis dissect this after the show because we're out of time, but you and I got to talk about her story, man. To be able to juggle that many things, running that business with her man of 18 years, Dane, who is just a man's man. I mean, I do have a man crush on this guy. Like, <laughs> man like you know and doing that and raising her daughter and still trying to go out and do a youtube channel and then all do this. The pba stuff and she does a lot of prep work we didn't even get to all the different dresses and stuff she has to change into and all of that and wardrobe disasters i mean man we could have gone for a long time with kimberly but yeah awesome. maybe maybe when we do this marathon show that we're thinking about doing we got to have kimberly back on and uh, just we we have to talk about the other probably ninety five percent of her life and career because like you said really didn't get to talk about um, talk about any of it but we appreciate everybody tuning in um, we had a lot of great feedback today Mike on today's episode I think a lot of people enjoy uh, listening to Kimberly so we'll definitely have to keep that in mind moving forward and uh, possibly have her back on again yeah and I tried to uh, address as many questions as I saw coming in try to uh, squeeze those in there as we were we were cruising along but uh, Matt we're out of time today. We're out. That's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, we're going to have KR Strike Force on the show. We're going to try to have six people on the show at one time. We have never done that before. Yeah, it should be a good time. It should be interesting. A lot of bowling talk, industry talk, entrepreneurial talk. So make sure you tune in tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern, inside bowling on Facebook and YouTube. We'll this see you guys. The most delicious show <laughs> in show history. Delicious show. Everybody go out and have something delicious for lunch. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Have a good day.